the voice of the Cape. Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh and a very good evening. Welcome to the airways of the Voice of the Cape 91.3 FM. My name is Muhammad Zain Machit and I'll be in your company for the next hour, inshallah. The program, as I said, QA. You can SMS us uh, immediately with your question to the number 47913. It's quite simple. All you do is type out your question and you SMS it to 47913. And of course, the person that will be answering your question on the line from Johannesburg, none other than the Honorable Mufti Abdul Qadir Hussein. Assalamu alaikum, Mufti. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Barakallahu alaikum jazakallahu khair, brother Muhammad Zain. Missed you last week, brother. Alhamdulillah, I was on a holiday, enjoyed it. And how's Mufti keeping? Alhamdulillah, very well here in Gauteng, but very sad. I'm sure you heard the news that here there's some xenophobic attacks, and it is very sad. You know, majority of the people who are being attacked are Muslims. So we make dua all my Allah makes it easy for everybody. Inshallah. Shukran indeed, Mufti. We're going to go straight into our questions. It says, Mufti, my family returned from Umrah. Give me, uh, can Mufti please give advice on how to maintain our Umrah? Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. All praise due to Almighty Allah, the sustainer, nourisher, and cherisher of the universe. Peace, blessings, and salutations be upon our beloved master and leader, Nabi Muhammad Mustafa sallallahu alayhi wasallam. The virtues of Umrah are tremendous. Mustafa sallallahu alayhi wasallam said, Al-Umratu ilal umrati kaffaratul lima baynahuma. From one Umrah to the next Umrah is an atonement, meaning the sins get expunged and washed away. So you have gone to the Baytullah, to Medina Munawwara, and now you came back. So inshallah, your sins are washed away. How can we continue with this momentum? So make sure we stay away from sin as far as possible and continue with the good deeds. So that will take us nearer to the mercy of Almighty Allah. And with that, always continue reading this dua. Rabbana taqabbal minna innaka anta samir alim. Oh, beloved Allah, accept on our behalf of our good deeds, of umrah, ziyarah to Medina and everything else. And inshallah, every Muslim, Muslimah wants to go to the Haramain, Sharifain, Makkah, Mukarramah, Medina, Munawwara. Surah 2, verse 128. Surah 2, Surah Baqarah, verse 128. Wa arina manasikana wa rahim. Oh Allah, you show us the places of Umrah and Hajj and forgive us. So that's a very potent and powerful dua to read. Shukran. Mufti, is it permissible for a Muslim to have a bird in a cage as a pet? Uh, it's a cockatiel and it can talk as well. 
Mashallah, for you know, in Medina Munawara, there was a young Sahabi, Ya Aba Umair. They used to call him Aba Umair. He had a bird and so forth. So even if you have it in the cage and that, it will be permissible, but you must feed it, you must give it water to drink and all that timelessly. You can't let it be suffering. And it's speaking, make sure it's not saying FNBs, you know. It must say good things, Salaamu Alaikum and so forth. So Allah is Rehdan. Chicken. Uh, next question, Mufti says, uh, if someone is on Hajj or Umrah, what is uh, the thawab? If you get sick in Makkah, knowing that now you can't make tawaf or Umrah, is Allah's mercy and blessing still upon you when you become sick on such a travel, Mufti? When a person is in Makkah, Mukavamah, and now every good deed you do is multiplied times 100,000, and now that person falls ill and so forth, so now maybe he can't perform tawaf or go to the Haram Sharif and read Salat, habasahumul uzr. So that is what Islam teaches us. So the uzr, the sickness kept them back, so they get that reward, 100,000, plus they get the reward of falling sick, meaning, la ba'sa tahurun, insha'Allah, Illness, sickness is a blessing in disguise. Our sins get forgiven, so that person will get double reward. I mean, inshallah. Uh, the voice of uh, Mufti Abdul Qadir Hussein on the program Q&A. You're more than welcome to SMS us your questions to the number 47913. That is 47913. And SMSs are charged at 150. Uh, Mufti, can a Muslim woman marry a non-Muslim man? For a Muslim lady to marry any non-Muslim man, Jew, Christian, Hindu, atheist, Buddhist, whatever, is absolutely haram. And if you want a reference of that, then open Surah 60-60, Surah Bumtahida, verse 10. La hunna lahum, wa la lahum. That it is not permissible for the Muslim lady to marry the non-Muslim man, and it is not permissible for the non-Muslim man to marry the Muslim lady. If the Muslim lady gets married, Allah forbid, Allah forbid, to that non-Muslim man, and she considers it permissible, then she's a murtadda out of the fall of Islam. And even if she marries and she says, no, love is blind, and she knows she's doing wrong, she will be under the curse of all, Almighty Allah, every moment because of the haram relationship. And remember, the children will all be bees and illegitimate children. Shukran indeed. Uh, well, keep those SMSs coming to the number 47913. And of course, uh, the program being q and uh, Mufti, my husband passed on six months ago, and I'm in love with a man who is divorced, but he don't have any married plans. What must I do? We'll get a comment from this lady in love after this. Well, we continue now with Q&A here on 91.3 FM. And of course, uh, SMS us your questions to the number 47913 on the line. Mufti Abdul Qadr Hussein answering all of your questions. The question we posed, uh, Mufti, before the break, it says, Salam, Mufti, my husband passed on six months ago, and I'm in love with a man who is divorced, but he don't have married plans. What must I do? Sister, this is a three-part question. First of all, you should be making dua for your husband who passed away. Read Surah 59, verse 10. Surah 59, Surah Hashar, verse 10. رَبَّنَا اغْفِرْ لَنَا وَلِإِخْوَانِنَا الَّذِينَ سَبَقُونَا بِالْإِيمَانِ Oh, beloved Allah, forgive us, forgive our brothers. So he's a Muslim brother who passed away, he was your husband also, so who passed away before us with Iman. 
Secondly, you have feelings for this person, but he has no feelings for you, so you must stop this relationship immediately. As it is, it is not permissible in Islam, and you feel that you are to remarry and so forth, sister. Daily, read two rakat salat, tonight after Maghrib, after Isha, whenever it's convenient, and read the dua and supplication, Surah 25, Surah Furqad, Rabbana hablana min azwajina, wa dhurriyatina qurata ayun. Oh Allah, granted such spouses and progeny and children that are the coolness of the eyes, and remember, sister, whenever you are in doubt, whether it accept this proposal or that proposal, then say, Allahumma khirli wa khtarli. Allahumma khirli. Oh Allah, you select the best for me, wakhtarli, and choose for me. The hadith mentioned in Tirmidhi Sharif. Shukran indeed, uh, Mufti. Uh, next question it says, I've made istikhara salah, but I get blank dreams. Uh, can Mufti please explain the proper way to perform it, uh, the appropriate time, and the dua? Jazakullah. Inshallah, tonight after Maghrib or after Isha, you read two rakat salat. After Surah Fatiha, you read Kulya al Kafirun. In the second rakat, after Surah Fatiha, whatever it is on your mind, marriage, buying a car, or going to a business, buying a house. So you read, Allahumma khirli wakhtarli, Allahumma khirli wakhtarli. Whatever all Allah puts in your heart and mind at that time, that is your answer. So tonight you will get your answer already, Inshallah. Shukran indeed. Um, uh, next to our next question, it says, Can uh, Mufti please explain what it means if I dream I'm putting black stuff out of me and also I fell down the stairs as well without anyone pushing me and without losing my balance? Mufti? Obviously, the death type of dreams are now takhwifu shaitan. The shaitan is terrorizing you. Oh, you are not a very confident person within yourself. You can't make decisions and so forth. So what must you do? Read Surah 54, verse 10. Surah 54, Surah Qamar, verse 10. Anni maghlubun, O Allah, I'm overpowered, overwhelmed. Fantasir, you defend me, you assist me. And secondly, to remain steadfast and to remove the worries and all those things. Read, La ilaha illa anta subhanaka inni kuntu minna zhalimeen abundantly. Inshallah, your confidence will grow and you will be on the right path all the time, inshallah. Allah. And next question, Mufti. This question uh, says, uh, I will be going for Umrah next month, inshallah. I take it that I'm a guest of Allah, and because my eyes will see the Baytullah and my hands will touch the Baytullah, does, does that mean that I will be forgiven by Allah, even if I sexually abuse someone without asking that person mouth? But we'll go for Umrah in any case, Mufti. Okay, again a three-part question without a shadow of doubt. When a person goes to the Baytullah, goes to Madinah Munawwara, in Makkah we are Duyufur Rahman, the guest of Almighty Allah. In Madinah Munawwara we are Duyufur Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, the honorable guest of Mustafa Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. You know in the Hadith it is mentioned, there are books written on this, and you find that when you touch the Hajar Aswad, Ka'annahu Yusafihu Yadar Rahman, that it is as though as he shook the hand of Almighty Allah. 
Obviously, everything of all Almighty Allah is unique. Nothing of your creation resembles Allah. Nothing of all Almighty Allah, Jalla Wala, resembles creation. So when you see the Baytullah, you touch the Baytullah, your sons will be forgiven. That is Hukukullah, the rights of Allah. Hukukul Ibad, you did people down, you didn't pay them the accounts, or you abuse people, or sexually abused, remember that will not be forgiven. You have to go and ask them for forgiveness, then only will it be forgiven. Shukran indeed, the voice there of uh, Mufti Abdul Qadr Hussein on the Voice of the Cape 91.3 FM. Uh, next question, it says, uh, Mufti, I have a problem. I keep making mistakes by lying or talking ill of others. Um, uh, when this happens, I feel so sick and disgusted by my actions and I make toba thereafter. I want to stop and I really made progress, but it is a struggle. What can I do to become a righteous Muslim, inshallah? Almighty Allah Jalla wa'ala teaches us in the Noble Quran, La'anatullahi al-Kadhibin. People who speak lies, Almighty Allah's curse is upon them. So imagine what the major sin it is. Second one, Mustafa sallallahu alayhi wasallam said, is a sign of a munafik and a hypocrite, the hadith in Bukhari Sharif. When they speak, they speak lies. Imam Abu Hanifa rahimahullah used to wear a ring. On that ring was engraved, Jirmuhu Swagir, Wajurmuhu Kabir. The size of the tongue is small. The crime it commits is big. So you are speaking lies, then you feel bad. At least that's a good sign that you are feeling guilty. So whenever you speak lies, impose a fine upon yourself. 5 rand, 10 rand, 50 rand, 20 rand, whatever. You will see in one week's time you will be 100% straight because now you are imposing this fine upon yourself and make toba and beg all Almighty Allah that you speak the truth at all times. Shukran indeed. Uh, on to the next question. And Mufti says, uh, I'd like to know if a man married a woman with children and is unable to provide for her and her children with even their basic needs. She's working and self-sufficient and been doing so for the duration of the marriage. He only pays his bills and buys some food and that's it. The rest she has to see to herself, even uh, buys him clothing, etc. She has discussed it with him, but there's been no change in the situation. She has to pay her own medical bills, buy clothing, toiletries, buy food. If they have takeaways, she has to pay for that bill as well. This is only but to name a few. She's very frustrated now and feels he's become a burden to her. He drains her financially. Does she have valid grounds for a fasa mufti? Obviously, that this person, yeah, when he married you, he knew that you were married previously and therefore the children. Islamically, he has to maintain you because you are his wife now after the nikah. But regarding your children from the previous marriage, that is not his responsibility. If he spends on them and looks after them, maintains them, he is doing ihsan, he's doing you a favor, but you can't impose it upon him. But if he cannot maintain you also, then remember you have valid grounds for fasakh, because now he wants you to pay for yourself, for your food or your medication. So that is unacceptable Islamically. So in a case like this, sister, go to the respected ulama and shuyukh and you can apply for a fasakh if your husband does not want to change. She can indeed keep those uh, questions coming uh, to the SMS line 47913 and of course uh, that's the voice of Mufti Abdul Qadr Hussein answering your questions here on The Voice of the Cape. Live from Cape Town, this is The Voice of the Cape. The Voice of the Cape. The Voice of the Cape.
Well, we continue now with Q&A on 91.3 FM. Uh, that's, of course, uh, the, voice of the, uh, the Voice of the Cape. And keep those SMSs coming to the number 47913. Our next question, it says, Mufti, what is the ruling regarding the afterbirth at the hospital when a lady, a lady gives birth, Mufti? Alhamdulillah, here in South Africa, we don't face any problem. So when you have given birth to your bundle of joy, then from before, make the arrangements and tell them that you want to take it and then you bury it. You should not leave it at the hospital or clinic because they incinerate and they burn it. And that is not permissible in Islam. Therefore, all you pregnant mothers, sisters, ladies, that you know now you are booked in this hospital, that clinic, make arrangements from before and tell them you want the afterbirth and then you tell your husband and so forth they can go and bury it. Mufti, what is the, or rather, can I get my children all to sign and agree to share equally in my estate, Mufti? Remember, that will not be permissible, that once you have passed away, that agreement will not be binding. What you should do, O Honorable Father, Mother, during your lifetime now, you are alive and your children are alive. So during your lifetime, you give equally. Mustafa sallallahu alayhi wasallam said the hadith authentic in Sahih Muslim. So you got five children and you give each one of them 10,000 rand, so 50,000 rand for sons and daughters. So that's very good. And you give it to them, they take possession, no conditions are attached, so that's fine Islamically. But now that 50,000 rand, you say, must be shared equally among your sons and daughters after your death. Remember, that condition will be null and void because after death, the law will be raised issue two to one for sons and daughters Liz Zakari Mithu Hazil Unsayin as enshrined in the Noble Quran. Uh, Mufti, I'm in this marriage for three years now. My husband is a singer and is a <coughs> sorry, an actor. Um, is his money uh, permissible and halal because he also travels overseas to do this work? Definitely not halal. You should have asked this question, sister, before you got married. I'm sure you knew what his profession, occupation was and is. So nevertheless, you need to tell him that your nikah is valid, but the income definitely is not permissible, not acceptable. And if the income is not halal, then what you consume and eat also is not halal. And then what happens is a person is prone towards vices and evil. If our income is halal, we consume halal. Then we'll be inspired, motivated to do good deeds. So you need to speak to him about that. Mufti, how does a child treat his mother if she marries a non-Muslim? Do you cut all ties with her? If the mother does not want to listen and she married a non-Muslim, she's living in sin, every moment Allah's curse is on her. If she listens or that person becomes a Muslim, then it's, uh, fun, then it's fine, they make up nikah and so forth. But if she doesn't want to listen, he, that person, doesn't become Muslim, then you, the son, the daughter, all the family, friends, is compulsory upon you to excommunicate and boycott that lady there because now she is going on with such vices and she wants to continue with it, so you must sever ties with her. Mufti, can a jinn live in a Muslim for 20 years? When going for Umrah, the jinn jumps out and after returning, the jinn jumps back into the person. Very confusing. 
Remember, the jinn can enter a human being and can stay there in the human being's body for long, long periods as well. Sheikh Abdul Aziz bin Abdullah bin Baz, rahimahullah, who was the Grand Mufti of Saudi Arabia, wrote the whole book on that topic, and I have it here in my library. Some title like that it is, that how the jinn enters into the body of a human being. And Mustafa said, Inna shaitana yajri minal insani majraddam. Like how the blood flows in the human body, like that the shaitan also can flow sometime. And the hadith is authentic in Mishka Sharif. So how do we protect ourselves from all this? every salat, read the last three surahs, قُلْ هُوَ اللَّهُ وَحَدُ قُلْ أَعُوذُ بِرَبِّ الْفَلَقِ قُلْ أَعُوذُ بِرَبِّ النَّاسِ Ayatul Kursi, similarly before sleeping, therefore when you went to Makkah, you did not feel it because you went to a holy place and there you were drinking zamzam, you were making tawaf and all that so when we start engaging in good deeds, then the shaitan the jinn runs away Shukran indeed, uh, Mufti. Uh, keep those SMSs coming to the number 47913. Uh, Mufti, if one's parents cannot afford to pay for tertiary studies, are we allowed to take a student loan? If the father cannot pay for his son or daughter's studies, then remember that they can take a loan. But one, two things I must clarify here. That if that son, for example, now wants to study, so we must see that he's studying something that is permissible, not, for example, something that is not permissible, then obviously that you can't be taking the zakat money or a loan and so forth for that. Secondly, the daughter, best for her will be, we all know the environment nowadays in the universities, that she studies via correspondence. So these are few, you know, guidelines we should try and comply with. Uh, Mufti, can a son-in-law be a mahram for his mother-in-law when going for Hajj or Umrah? Almighty Allah Azza wa Jalla tells us in Surah 4, verse number 23, the list is mentioned there, ummahatun nisa'ikum, and the mothers of your wives. So it shows your mother-in-law, so you, the son-in-law, can travel with her, and she can travel with you for Umrah, Hajj, and other places. So that will be permissible. However, if the wife is not going worth, and it's only mother-in-law and the son-in-law. Still it's permissible, but we must make sure there is no hanky-panky business. Sometime today the people, they love their mother-in-law more than their frowns, you know, and their <laughs> own wives. So then obviously if there's hanky-panky business, then it's not permissible. But the fatwa is that you are the mahram for your mother-in-law. Uh, can Mufti please explain this? A man was married to a Christian woman. Uh, they got three children with Muslim names. The man walked out of the marriage because the wife uh, didn't want to accept Islam. The woman uh, go to church with the children. They're all over 20 now. Can he still communicate uh, with them, Mufti? Remember that once that lady goes with the children, everything to the church. So they murtad also the children as well. So she was a Christian and the children also. So what you need to do, that it seems you divorced her and all that as well. But nevertheless, what you need to do now is try and convince your children at least. She doesn't want to embrace Islam, but try and win over your children, brother. Imagine three children of yours, and now they are going to church and that. But you are the father, so you should try your level best, go with the sheikh or imam or whoever, and try and speak to them and show them the beauty of Islam. Just give one easy example. 
say that we have the Quran Kareem, the only book in the world that is still in its pristine purity, memorized by millions of people, show us one Bible or anything that somebody has memorized. There are so many different versions of the Bible that even the virgins are confused. <laughs> so therefore, you should remember, you try and show them these type of things and cry to Allah. Inshallah, they'll come back to you and to Islam. I mean, inshallah. The voice of uh, Mufti Abdul Qadir Hussein here on the program Q&A, 91.3 FM. I'm Mohammed Zain Majid. Next question, Mufti, why is it that ma- married men... As uh, they have such down-to-earth women, and uh, these uh, wives will do everything for for them, but you still find their eyes wandering around. People talk about this, Mufti. We must remember that man is a hunter, and if you look at the animal kingdom, also you will find that the male is the hunter. We're not justifying what the men are doing. Therefore, Quran Kareem addresses both parties. Surah 24, Surah Nur, verses 30, 31. Tell the believing men to lower their gaze. And they must look after and guard their private part. The next verse. And tell the believing women that they must lower their gaze and guard their private part. So that definitely is a weakness. Therefore, Mustafa said, Sahamun min sihami iblis. It is one of the poisonous arrows of shaitan that when the men are looking around and so forth, so we need to rectify that, start the alim in your house and read Riyadhul Salihin. So once the iman and halawatul iman, the sweetness of iman comes, then inshallah the person will stop this haram action. Next question, Mufti, is a mawlud a, an innovation? Remember, if people say that it must be kept in Rabi'ul Awal or it must be kept on the draft and so forth, then it becomes a bid'ah and innovation. But if they keep it any time of the year and they have people who are speaking what is from Quran and Hadith, they're not Shias and come with their propaganda and so forth, then it's permissible. But if any of the things they are haram, for example, there's music, intermingling, all that, then definitely not permissible. Uh, next question, it says, uh, Salam Mufti, what makes some of our brothers and sisters not showing a little change in their daily lives? That's after Hajj or Umrah visit. Is it that some of their sins are forgiven and others not? Remember that for our Hajj to be accepted, Umrah to be accepted, there are many conditions. Let's just study three of them. Thousands and millions of Muslims from the world, different parts of the world, go for Umrah and Hajj. But look at the money that they used. So the money itself was polluted, tainted. So they come back and they remain Kamakan. As they were, they remain or they go worse also, Allah forbid. Second, how did they perform the Hajj or the Umrah and so forth? Some people just went there as tourists. They did not go there as Hujjaj or people who are Mu'tamir performing Umrah. So it shows they just went for a tour and a holiday. So that is why when they come back, there's no change. And third one, we must remember, you find people, they do change, but then they don't keep it up. 
So those type of people, remember, need to make more and more tawbah and turn to Almighty Allah. So Almighty Allah will keep us, will, stay, will keep us steadfast and inshallah accept the good we do. Indeed, uh, Mufti, we had twins, uh, didn't take the afterbirth home to bury it. Uh, will me and my husband be punished for this? We didn't know. May Almighty Allah Jalla bless your twins and make them the bundle of joy in the Qurrata A'yun, inshallah, the coolness of your eyes. Now you did not know about it, so that's fine. So you read two rakat Salatu Tawbah tonight after Maghrib. And if you know the last verse of Surah Baqarah, Rabbana la tuakhidna in nasina o akta'na. O Allah, beloved Allah, do not take us to task for that in nasina. If we forgot, forgetfully did something, O akta'na, or we did it unintentionally, inadvertently. So Almighty Allah is there to forgive. So you will not be punished, inshallah. But when the next set of twins come, then mujalam waymak, na? Amin, inshallah. Indeed, Mufti, next question. My child is born outside of, uh, out of wedlock. Uh, we never married. We don't see each other. Can my father say that uh, my child's father uh, may not see his child? Remember that this child is no blame upon him or her. And the lineage of the child will go to the mother and not to the father. And now for the grandfather to say that he is the girl, the mother's father to say, so that that for boy must not come. Yes, it's permissible because they are not married and just now one thing leads to another. So he's got all the right to say that. But remember, if he wants to see the child, then he can see the child because the child is his, although Islam does not consider him to be the father because Islam wants to promote and advocate a pure and chaste society. Shukran Mufti, everything in a house just don't last. We have to sell it or pawn it, our goods to survive. Don't know what's happening. Can Mufti please tell us what to do or give us some advice? Remember when we see that there's no money, there's no barakah, no blessing in our homes, then abundant istighfar. Astaghfirullah, astaghfirullah. When a person, nation, makes abundant istighfar, the Qur'an Kareem based testimony, yumdidukum bi amwal yu wa banin, Almighty Allah will increase you with wealth and children as well. Secondly, read Ya Basitu, Ya Basitu, read the Asma'ul Husna, the wonderful, beautiful 99 names of Almighty Allah abundantly, and one of them, Ya Basitu, that is, O oh Allah, increase the risk and the sustenance. And third one, you, the family, husband, wife, children, have a meeting and see and say, all these haram things we are doing, we're watching this movie and watching this on internet and all the porn and whatever you we are doing. So then we watch porn and then we have to go porn, P-A-W-N, our goods. So we must stop this haram things, then the barakah and blessing will come. Uh, shukran. Mufti, can we recite Ayatul Kursi in our various rakats during Salah? Totally permissible to read Ayat al-Kursi. Almighty Allah Jalla Wala states, Fakara min al-Quran. Read what is easy for you from the noble Quran. And Subhanallah Ayat al-Kursi, A'azamu ayatin fil Quran. It is one of the greatest and most majestic verses in the noble Quran. 
Um, uh, the voice of uh, Mufti Abdul Qadir Hussein on the voice of the Cape 91.3 FM. You can keep those SMSs coming to the number 47913. And do remember that SMSs are charged at 150. Uh, next uh, question it says, Mufti, why don't we say Bismillah when reciting Surah Toba? Remember that there are 114 Bismillah in the Noble Quran. 113 before the surahs, and the ninth chapter, the ninth surah, Surah Toba, does not have. So the 114th one is in the letter of Nabi Sulaiman alayhi salatu salam to the queen of Sheba, you know, Sabah. So all Mighty Allah Jalla Wala mentions it, Innahu min Sulaiman wa innahu bismillahir rahmanir rahim. So there the Bismillah came, open Surah 27 and verse number 30, you will see the Bismillah. So why is there no Bismillah there at Surah Toba in the beginning? Sayyidina Ali radiallahu ta'ala anhu arda used to say that Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim is Mazharu Rahma, a manifestation of the mercy and compassion of Allah. And the surah there speaks about the punishment for the munafikin and the hypocrites and non-Muslims. So therefore, there's no Bismillah in the beginning of Surah Tawbah. Shukran indeed. Well, we are going to pay the bills when we come back. We continue with the Q&A. And just a reminder that uh, this coming Sunday, the 25th of January, we'll have the, the VOC Family Day at Ratanga Junction. And do remember, please do support us. Tickets are selling at 120 Rand. Listen to the radio. We'll get all the different points where you can get it and even as easy as get it from Compute Ticket as well. We continue after this. Continue now with Q&A on The Voice of the Cape and you can still send us your SMSs. Hopefully, inshallah, we'll have time to still complete those SMSs that come through. Uh, Mufti, what is Mufti's views regarding baby showers? Remember that baby showers and these type of things are customs of the West. And we are now imposing upon people, my wife is pregnant, my daughter is pregnant, so you must bring a pram, you must bring a blanket, you must bring this, you must bring that. Mustafa sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, La yahillu ma'lumri'im muslimin illa bitibi qalbin minhu. A Muslim person's wealth is not permissible unless it's given wholeheartedly. Yeah, that lady who's a friend of your daughter or wife, now she feels shy, let me bring this. So therefore, this is not acceptable. In Islam, gifts are very good, but we must not impose it upon people that they must bring a gift. Mufti, I had twins and lost both of them. I miss them a lot and still have lots of aches and pains. I sometimes even question this and it hurts, Mufti. You should never question it, sister. Remember, inna lillah wa inna ilayhi raji'oon. Verily, we belong to Almighty Allah and to Almighty Allah, Jalla is the return. So you should be reading that abundantly. And when you exercise patience and endurance, you don't complain. Then Almighty Allah teaches us in Surah 2, Surah Baqarah, 
verse number 155, 156, 157, the great reward that you will receive, sister, Ulaika alayhim salawatu mirabbihim. The blessing from Allah will come to you. Wa rahmah, the special mercy. Wa ulaika mul muhtadun. And they were the guided people, your beloved twins. Yes, you must miss them. It is something natural. But these twins will be your lawyer, advocate, and attorney. Tomorrow on the day of justice, they will come and say, Oh Allah, we're not entering Jannah. Wallahu alam, Almighty Allah knows the past, present, future, everything. Why don't you want to go into Jannah, O oh babies, O oh children? Ya Allah, we want our father, mother. So Allah say, go and take them. One twin will take the father. One twin will take the mother. Subhanallah. And you all enter into Jannah. So dunya and this worldly life is a place of test and trial. The vicissitudes, the ups and downs we go through, sister. But end of the day, it is a blessing in disguise. So remain positive and cry to Allah that you are with your children and you enter Jannah. We all enter Jannah, inshallah. I mean, I mean, inshallah. Shukam Mufti, next question. It says, uh, listener says, I'm just quite interested for interest sake. I uh, would like to know, for example, the Shias, do they also have different schools of thoughts that they follow regarding the breaking of Fudu, like, for example, follow Imam Shafi? If you study the Shias, you will know they have many more groupings than us. Let me give you examples that if you know you go to Iran, so the predominant people, they are the Isna Asharia, the ones who follow the 12 Imams. If you go to Yemen, you hear on the news now the Houthis, Houthis. So I've been to Iran, I've been to Yemen, so there you will find the Zaydis. So they are Muslims, not like the Isna Sharia. Isna Sharia majority are non-Muslim. So the Zaydis, they are Muslim. Then remember, you go to India, Pakistan, other places, you find the Aga Khanis. So they are the people totally out of the fold of Islam, and they are an offshoot of the Shias. So among Shias, you find so many groupings, much more than the Ahlu Sunnah or Jama'ah. And you must remember that among themselves, they have Tahsabuhum Jami'ah. You think that they are united, Waqulubum Shatta, but their hearts are totally fragmented. Shukran. Now, can Mufti please elaborate on the distribution of property to give to the children whilst I am still alive? When you are alive, dear father, dear mother, it is your prerogative that you give what you want to to your son, to your daughter, but only two conditions. Try and be fair to all of them, and there must not be blatant favoritism. You have one daughter, she is the apple of your eye, because she's so beautiful, and you know everybody, and she's so intelligent, and what have you. Then you have a son. Now you tell your daughter, oh daughter, darling, you take this flat here, 20 flats that belong to me, and your son, you give him one car. So obviously that any person can see is blatant favoritism, so that is not right. So you can choose what you want to give to your son, to your daughter, give to your wife also whilst you are alive, no problem. But end of the day, let justice prevail. It should not be blatant favoritism. Shukran indeed, the voice there of uh, Mufti Abdul Qadir Husseini on uh, the voice of the Cape 91.3 FM. Uh, Mufti, can my son-in-law break my hudu? Remember, your son-in-law is your mahram, so if you shake hand with him and so forth, 
So in that case there, your wuzu will not break because you know what happens. Ajnabi will break. Ajnabi is people you can't get ma- you can get married to, and mahram you can't get married to. So therefore, in that case, the wuzu will not break. Um, uh, next SMS has got two questions. I'll first ask the first one. It says, is it permissible for a Muslim to take out life insurance? Remember that life insurance in Mansadwurt, Anna Mansadwurt, so now that there is gambling involved, there is interest involved, there is game of chance involved, so multiple reasons to make it haram and not permissible. So therefore, if a person already has his life insurance, then he should cancel it and whatever amount he paid in, the premiums, that amount he can claim and that will be halal. But if there's extra amount, that must be given to the poor and is not permissible for you or your heirs. And then the next question is, Mufti, is it um, compulsory to make adhan any karma for qada salah of years ago that you've missed out and you're trying to make up for that, Mufti? If a person is reading the qada salat individually, then remember there's no adhan, there's no ikama. But for example, five of us, ten of us, we missed a particular salat and so forth. And now we're making the qada of that salat. So then you can give adhan and ikama. This happened on the occasion of Layla to Ta'aris. Mustafa, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, sahaba were returning. They all were exhausted and tired. Mustafa, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, appointed Sayyidina Bilal, radiallahu anhu, oh Bilal, you must wake all of us up. In the morning, Nabi woke up, it was already sunrise. Sayyidina Bilal radiallahu ta'ala no fast asleep. Nabi alayhi salatu salam said, let's move from here. And then Adhan, Iqama was given, and then they read the Fajr Salat. So Qaza, to teach this Ummah, if this happens, it don't mean every day now, once in a lifetime, for example. So to teach this Ummah, that happened. Mufti, if you don't pay your house, so the water bill of your house for months, uh, refuse to pay. Is it permissible to still take wudu from with that water that you're not paying for? The wudu will be valid, but remember your non-payment that is sinful. Somebody steals a knife and slaughters the goat or the chicken or whatever you. The goat or the chicken will be halal, but you get sin for stealing the knife. So yeah, brother, sister, remember, pay your bills. Just now they cut it off, then it'll be worse. Then you'll have to go look for other water somewhere else. So that is our advice to the brother sister. Another afterbirth question, question that said, when I gave birth, I had a C-section. Uh, the hospital refused to give us uh, the afterbirth. They said it's against hospital policy. What should we do, Mufti? That's why if you heard my answer I gave previously, I told you, sisters, that are pregnant, you know which hospital, which clinic you are going to, before already go make the arrangements. When you give birth and then you're going to ask them, buy a story, tell, and they'll tell you a lot of things. But if you make arrangements from before, then they will give it to you, and then you tell your husband or your brother to go and bury it in the cemetery graveyard. So do the arrangements now, not after you give birth. Indeed, we're going to pay the bills of Mufti. When we come back, we'll answer one or two more questions and, of course, end off with a beautiful message.
Welcome back. We're in the last few minutes of our program Q&A. Uh, we can squeeze in one or two more. First one, Mufti. It says, uh, Mufti, if a la- can a lady make salah if she's spotting two weeks after her period? It is not time for a period as yet. That case there, sister, you continue with your salat. You know it is not time still for your hayes and your period. And remember, according to the Shafi'is and Hanafis, when one menses end, and before the next menses start, then the minimum amount of days that must pass are 15 clean days. That's minimum. So what you are experiencing, your spotting, that is called istihada, you continue with your salat, but for every first salat, you must make a fresh wudu. So that is the compulsory thing you need to do. Um, next question, uh, I think you see a gentleman went under Idda Mufti. He says, uh, I was in a relationship with a girl after my Idda period and I got now, but now the girl I was in the relationship with want to be my second wife. Uh, what can be done? Obviously, there's no Iddat for men. So in a case like this, brother, that if you want to take a second wife and all these type of things, then remember, you can't be having a affair first and smooching and testing out everything before time, you know. So you must do, follow the proper protocol and procedure, procedure, and that is you speak to the girl's father, mother, and tell them you want their beloved daughter's hand in marriage. If they give permission, you can't get married and then, you know, that you keep her as a spare wheel, meet in a hotel and all that. So all that is haram and not permissible. Mufti, if one goes to the toilet and urine leaks after one has uh, left the toilet, can one make wudu and perform salah or read Quran? No, definitely not permissible. Remember the hadith mentioned in Tirmidhi, Mustafa, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Istanzihu min al-bawl. Make sure that you clean yourself thoroughly, properly from the urine and the urine drops and splashes. Because the punishment in the grave happens and occurs because of that. So when you are in the toilet, what you should do, brother, is this, that after you know that now the urine is finished or you thought is finished, then take your left hand and then rub your private part thrice, the hadith in Bulughul Maram, so you take everything out from the pipe, you know, and do some plumbing there, and then you put water again, and then you stand up, then you want to have this problem, and ask Almighty Allah, Jalla Wala, to protect you from Walahan. Walahan is the shaitan who brings all these waswasa and whisperings. Shukran indeed, Mufti. That concludes all our questions. Uh, unfortunately, all that we have time for this evening. Shukran to everyone uh, for sending in your SMSs. Uh, of course, uh, the others will stand over for next week, inshallah. Uh, we've got about three minutes left for some nasiha, inshallah. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Three minutes. We discussed three issues briefly. Tonight, inshallah, after Maghrib, the sunset that ushers in the month of Rabi'ul Akhir, I'm sure you will see the moon in its beauty, the crescent, the new moon. So say, Allahu Akbar. Oh Allah, make this month of Rabiul Akhir a month of khair and goodness, warushdin and righteousness. When we study the biography of Imam Malik, rahimahullah, on the first day, the first night of the month, he would exert himself. His students would ask, Oh Malik, why do you do so? He says, If the beginning of the month goes well, then the whole month. So abundant salawat, salutations upon Nabi Mustafa, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, tonight, tomorrow, inshallah. 
Second advice, we know that the schools just opened now yesterday in Cape Town and so forth. The academic year has started. Oh, educator, oh, student, oh, learner, each one of us, innamal a'malu bin niyat. Let us check our intentions. What are we studying? Why are we studying it? What is our aim, our objective? There's a book called Adabul Ulama Wal Muta'allimin by Sheikh Hussein ibn Mansur al-Yamani. The etiquette of our teacher and the students. I'll just read from there one sentence. Oh, teacher, when you go to class to teach, so students can also do this. Bismillah wa billah hasbi Allah. So you say in the name of Allah wa billah hasbi Allah. Allah is sufficient. The to Allah. I place my trust in Allah. La hawla wa la quwwata illa billahi azim And then you read this dua. Allahumma thabbit janani. Allahumma thabbit janani. Oh Allah, keep my heart steadfast. Wa adril haqq ala lisani. Let the truth flow from my tongue. Beautiful dua is a hadith of Mustafa sallallahu alayhi wa mentioned by Imam Tabarani. Allahumma thabbit janani. Wa adril haqq ala lisani. So, O oh, educator, create that love in the students. You are teaching non-Muslim students also. So they also must see that what they seeing on the TV, in the mass media, is a lot of propaganda. Agenda, and they are distorting the true message of Islam. So when we interact with our learners, students, neighbors, whoever, so we should be spreading the love of Islam and the rahmah. And now is the opportune time in the beginning of the academic year. May Almighty Allah bless our teachers, our students, and may Almighty Allah reward you, my dear brother Muhammad Zain, the entire Amen. team of Voice of the Cape. Barakallahu feek. Assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi. Allah, Allah protect and guide you, inshallah. And we look forward to having you back on our program.